and welcome to the Select Sector Spider Sector Digest podcast for the week of October 24th, 2022. I'm your host, Paul Bayaki, ready to dig into all things sectors for the week ahead and look back at the week that was. And it was a very strong week for the market. The S&P 500 finished the week up nearly 5%. And we had a couple really big rallies this week, including a 2.5% rally in the S&P 500 on Friday alone. We had one earlier in the week, and it's not as if the news flow, generally speaking, earnings or economic data was all that strong. We had okay earnings this week from some big companies on the back of some earnings releases from financial sector last week, but you had bad housing data, home builders index, housing starts, existing home sales, all showing significant weakness in the housing sector. You had bad manufacturing data and negative leading indicators. So it's not as if you can look at the economic data or the general earnings results we heard this week and say to yourself, well, that's why the market rallied. And to be fair, you can't really say anything to point to why the market rallies one day or even over the course of five days. I know there's financial news networks out there and there's media and there's print and there's blogs that are in the business of trying to do that. But Attributing one day, one week moves to anything is typically a fool's errand. But this week, it seemed, at least reading the headlines and reading the analysis, that there's hopes, prayers, whispers that maybe the Fed might slow its roll in terms of the pace of Fed funds increases, interest rate increases, and the market seemed to like it. I mean, when you look at the performance at the sector level, you have the sectors, which typically, at least from an analysis perspective, should benefit from a Fed quote unquote pivot. XLY, consumer discretionary up five and a quarter percent, technology up six and a half percent, communication services up four and a half percent, just shy of the market's return. So those sectors, which are more growth oriented and more cyclical in nature, rallied significantly this week, which in theory should be supportive of what this rally means in terms of going forward. But the best performing sector this week was energy at 8.26%. Once again, the best performing sector by a very wide margin year to date. And you look at the S&P 500 now down 21% year to date. So trying to claw back some of the losses we've seen in recent weeks, which took it past that 20% bear market threshold. We didn't see a tremendous amount of volume across the select sector spider lineup this week, just 736 million shares traded across the select sector spider suite. But you look at the overall picture, all 11 gig sectors were up for the week, some up significantly more than the market, including energy, including technology. And then the sectors that lagged this week, Healthcare, staples, utilities, all up, but up significantly less than the market. That's ultimately what you'd expect from this type of market environment. The lone exception, of course, is energy, which has had some very positive headlines recently. And we'll see some earnings from some key energy companies in the coming weeks, including the week ahead. And from that perspective, I think it's a reminder that although we saw big creation activity in XLE, over the course of the past 18 months or two years leading into 2022, we really haven't seen a significant amount of creation activity in XLE, which in theory means that investors really aren't chasing this sector in the way that they might have in the past. And when you look at valuations and fundamentals, all the stuff we've talked about time and time again on this podcast, it's not as if from a relative valuation perspective, from a historical valuation perspective, that energy valuations are stretched relative to where they've been historically. And the fundamental story underneath it all remains extremely strong. Now, we'll hear from Exxon this week 
we'll hear from Valero this week. We'll hear from some pretty big, chunky energy companies this week and get a feel for what the outlook is, what the operating environment is, and what the textured return of capital picture looks like. Because once again, highest yield in the market is the energy sector. They've been buying back shares in some cases, and in some cases, probably getting ahead of the taxation on buybacks, which is another story for another day. But you look at the flow picture, pretty tame, just 2.3 million net shares created this week. But this could be a sign of something. We saw 8 million shares redeemed in XLU and 9 million shares created in communication services. Again, I've cautioned people who listen to this podcast not to read too much into day-to-day, week-to-week, month-to-month, quarter-to-quarter flow activity in terms of what it signals about performance, especially, but also positioning. But when you see that type of divergence, creation activity in a more cyclical growth-oriented sector like XLC, redemption activity in another sector like XLU, which is more defensive and has been one of the more popular sectors in terms of net flows year-to-date and has had strong relative performance year-to-date, that's certainly something worth watching as we go forward. Now, I think the eye will continue to be on the financial services sector, and that is a sector that we have talked about a lot in terms of its relative flow activity. And the redemption activity in XLF has abated quite a bit over the course of the past couple months. You go back, say, three months and about 18 million in net inflows into XLF about 53 million in net inflows the prior week. So starting to see some signs of at the very least tapering in redemption activity for XLF and whether or not that means that we're going to see people come back to this segment of the market and start to create new units in earnest remains to be seen, but it has been the headline in terms of relative flows year to date. It's a sector that has been top of the headlines in terms of news flow, but also just in terms of the net creation and redemption activity at different periods of the year has dictated so much of the net creation and redemption activity at the complex of select sector spiders. So I'm going to do a sector in focus this week that we really haven't done much this year, and that's XLI, industrials. And industrials is like we said previously, one of the most diverse sectors in the market, if not the most diverse sectors, just in terms of the number of industries within it, the number of sub-industries within it, and the nature of those companies. Those companies don't necessarily look like each other as energy companies with an XLE do, for example. They tend to have weaker intrasector correlations, and they tend to have a varied economic profile unlike other sectors of the market. And in that way, I think industrials is a good place to explore this week because when you look at the relative valuations of XLI or the industrial sector, it isn't a sector that's extremely expensive. It's not a sector that's extremely cheap. You look at valuations, they're right around that of the market from a trailing forward, PE, price to sales, et cetera basis. But there are, as is the case with many of these sectors, some cross currents. You've got the biggest weighting in XLI is aerospace and defense companies. So if you look at the top of the holdings for XLI, and you have companies like Raytheon and Lockheed, Northrop Grumman, these are big aerospace and defense companies. And in theory, they tend to benefit from an environment where there is geopolitical unrest globally. And defense spending, not just in the United States, but abroad, is expected to increase. And that's the environment that we're in currently, whereby you see defense spending projections for some of the countries within NATO. You see some of the defense spending projections for the United States 
all expected to increase markedly over the course of the next decade or so. And that in theory would benefit companies in the aerospace and defense segment. But then you also have 20.5% of the portfolio of machinery companies as GIX defines them. And those are economically sensitive industries within the sector. And at a high level, the sector is extremely economically sensitive. So road and rail companies, certainly part of that supply chain story in a, in a more defensive segment within the industrial sector. Then you get into industrial conglomerates, which ultimately the, the word conglomerate just means they own a ton of different businesses and a varied line of businesses. And naturally, industrial conglomerates tend to be more cyclically oriented as well air freight and logistics, electrical equipment, commercial services and supplies on down the line. But the punchline here, if there is one, is that you've got certain segments of the industrial sector that in theory are well positioned from a geopolitical and economic perspective. And then you've got other segments of the market that are more cyclically oriented and in theory would struggle in a recessionary environment, which many people project us to be in currently or entering depending on who you ask or what you look at. Now, the takeaway is as you're trying to position from a sector perspective for an advancing market or further corrections, a aggressive market, a growth-oriented market versus a defensive market or a value market, industrials is one of those sectors that sort of sits, at least in terms of valuations, in no man's land, but from a cyclicality perspective is firmly on the end of the spectrum, tilted toward economic exposure that does favor a more growth-oriented economic backdrop. And that will be a challenge for XLI in the industrial sector going forward. Now, looking ahead to next week on the economic front, we've got some juicy data. We've got manufacturing and services PMIs. We've got consumer confidence, which of course is an important indicator and has been really in the doldrums over the course of the past few months. We've got durable goods. And then finally on Friday, we've got PCE, both core and headline. And as we've said here many times, that is the Fed's favored indicator of inflation. And there were times a few months ago where it looked like it was plateauing and possibly even rolling over. And then we get a couple surprise prints in there higher than expected. And I think that's the nature of this inflationary environment where everyone is holding their breath, waiting for, hoping for, in some cases, maybe even praying for a softer than expected CPI inflation print, inflation expectations print. And yet we tend to get at least over the course of the past couple of months, higher than expected inflation readings, higher than expected inflation expectations. So we will see what happens on Friday with PCE and what it means for next week's market performance heading into next weekend, which of course is Halloween weekend, even though it falls on a Monday. In earnings, we're, we're really in the meat of earnings season. I mean, we've got some massive companies reporting earnings next week. We've got Alphabet, Meta, Amazon, Apple. So all these various shades of technology that have been dispersed across different sectors, as well as Twitter. We'll also hear from Valero, an important refining company who will give us a read into refining margins. And of course, has been in a tit for tat for the governor of California, going back and forth on who's to blame for high gas prices in California. I have my own opinion on that, and I'll save it for another day. And then we're also going to hear from Exxon, which of course is a large diversified energy company and one of the most important holdings in XLE, if not the most important holding in XLE in terms of not just weighting, but influence on the market and the breadth of businesses within the energy space that the company is operating in, not just legacy 
fossil fuel businesses, but also the investment in carbon capture and sequestration projects that the company is currently deploying capital towards, as well as some of the renewable fuel businesses that are going to be a big piece of the energy transition. We'll hear from Caterpillar speaking of the industrial sector, give us a feel for global demand for the equipment that they sell. We'll hear from Gilead. So we're really going to hear from major companies in a number of very important sectors in the market. And it will give us a really textured view, a mosaic, if you will, of insight and feedback on the operating environment for a host of massive companies who operate not just domestically, but globally. And that will, of course, set the stage for what the market decides to do this week and what the market does in the weeks and months that follow. So with that, I'd like to thank everyone for joining me. My name is Paul Bayaki, Chief ETF Strategist at SSNC Alps Advisors. This has been the Select Sector Spider Sector Digest podcast for the week of October 24th, 2022. I hope you all have a wonderful week and we'll catch you next time.